So today, uh, Lord willing, we are going to finish our series <laughs> on Tuned In. I believe we will. Yes. So let's begin this morning by reading our scripture texts. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 16, the Spirit himself, uh, itself, or you could say himself, as the original says, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And then uh, Proverbs twenty twenty seven: the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So those are our three main scriptures that we've been using for this uh, series on being tuned in or being led by the spirit of God, uh, following the spirit of God. And um, such good verses, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You can say from that that sons of God, daughters of God, can expect and should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. So it shouldn't come as some surprise. So when we think of being led by the Spirit of God, uh, that should be our stance. Like if you're getting ready to run a race, uh, I ran a marathon, so actually this doesn't apply. <laughs> but if you're running a regular track race, you know, you can get in the, what do they call that melody? You know, those little, the blocks. the blocks, thank you, the starting blocks, right? And they're getting ready to go and run. Well, I ran a marathon that there's like thousands of people that ran the marathon. So you're like just with the crowd and the gun goes off and then you're standing there and you're standing there. And then finally you get to walk slow and then you can walk faster and then finally you can run because so many people are in front of you. Uh, but you want to be in the stance, like in the starting gate, in the blocks um, that you're expecting God to speak. Because the Bible says uh, that God will speak to sons and daughters of God. So if you're born again, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you should expect, I should expect for God to speak. Now, um, uh, there's actually people that uh, don't believe that God speaks today. And uh, they would actually tell you, like, well, if you think God speaks, you have a mental issue. They want you to go see a psychiatrist, um, and they get real concerned about you, and uh, they want you to stop going to that church that you're going to because, you know, uh, they're saying God speaks, and uh, people get real nervous. And if you've been around church for any length of time, a uh, Bible-believing church, then that's probably not a foreign concept to you. That's probably second nature. But we have to remember when we talk to people that are not born again, like, uh, they're like... Almighty God actually speaks to people. It's something that we take for granted. It's a, a huge blessing that sometimes we overlook. But even in our own lives, uh, through circumstances, through pressure, through things that happen, we can uh, accidentally find ourselves not expecting God to speak. Like maybe we have, you have an emotional situation or extra pressure coming against you and you need an answer for God, from God, and you really don't have a month like to just get off and sabbatical and all this. Like, like no, I need an answer and I need an answer now. And what the pressure is going to come is like, you know, well, that's just you or this doesn't happen, this, that, or whatever. Well, the Lord... Um, has spoke to people and what to them uh, was an audible voice. And of course, in the Old Covenant, you'll see like he actually spoke in an audible voice that people heard, everybody heard. Those are actually supernatural experiences that we don't have scripture to like claim like the Lord's going to speak to me that way. But these scriptures in the series tell us that it's like the inward witness, the inward voice. I think of um, Elijah uh, 
right after, you know, he outran the king's chariot. Amazing miracle. And then, you know, all the prophets of Baal were, were killed. And then uh, Jezebel kind of was not pleased. She was furious. And she said, you killed all these guys? I'm going to. And she sent word. And the word was, I am going to come. By this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead. So he runs and flees and hides. And he's hiding. And the Lord said, you know, I, I want to talk to you. And, you know, come up on the mountain, Mount Sinai. So he went up on Mount Sinai. And um, then there was thunder, a great light, which a lot of people believe is lightning. So much thunder, light, earthquake, that the earth, the mountain, began to, like, fall down and disappear. But the Word of God tells us that God was not in the thunder, that God was not in the lightning, that God was not in the earthquake. But then there was a still, small voice. And God was in the still, small voice. So we, so in, in your flesh, like I want, my flesh wants, like, I want to have like an audible voice or like, you know, an open vision or like a, something play on you like in front of like a TV screen. And this is the Lord speaking to me, you know, because, you know, I guess that wouldn't require faith. Right. You know, and, you know, my spiritual father, uh, Dad Hagen, he'd always say, um, you know, you know, when the Lord moves supernaturally to communicate to you that way, he said, in my life, that always meant there's rough sled in the head. In other words, you're going to need something to hold on to when it gets tough. Because if you didn't have it, you'd probably give up. Because that means the pressure's coming and the pressure's going on. So he said, I learned I really didn't want those supernatural experiences to come. Because that means it's going to kind of be tough. And um, so, uh, you know, Thomas, uh, with the Thomas kind of faith, you know, he needed to see to believe. And uh, Jesus said, you know, you know, Thomas is like, I'm not going to believe until I can like put my hand in your side and touch the nail prints. And so he did. And then he's like, oh, I believe, I believe. And Jesus, what did Jesus say to him? Do you remember? You know, you see and believe, but blessed are those that come after who won't see yet will believe. That's us. That's us. And so it is actually a great pleasure to put your flesh under and to just say, you know what? I believe God. I love, I would love to see like the video of Paul after the shipwreck. You know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. It will be just like he said. It'll be the same way it was told me, the same way that he said to me. So God does speak today and he speaks in our hearts, the inward witness, a still small voice. Sometimes it's hard to put your finger on. I was actually talking with my parents uh, a couple days ago and we were discussing some different things and we have small children and so you know it becomes very important to follow uh, the unction and the leading and especially the checks that you get from the Holy Spirit on the inside concerning who your children are hanging out with because you know nowadays uh, people are molesting children and I guess they've been doing it for a long time but it's a lot more uh, public maybe now but you can't just put your children with any person you know, I mean, how many people have said, I, you know, I, had a, I just had a bad feeling about that. I just, something just didn't seem right. You know, uh, you should honor those things, uh, especially with something like the lives of your children, uh, but even in, in other areas of your life. But uh, those checks, if you want to call them that, the, the uneasiness, the uneasy feeling, uh, that's an indication like your spirit 
is in communion with the Spirit of God if you're born again. And those are an indication that uh, hold up. You know, don't, uh, don't, don't continue. So uh, in studying this, one of the greatest things I think that we can do is learn how to develop our spirit man or how to train our spirit man. So there's four things uh, that we want to do to develop our spirit man. And the first one is to meditate in the word of God. I'll give you all four and then we'll go through them. So you want to meditate in the word of God. And uh, number two, be a doer of the word, practice it. And number three, give the word first place in your life. And then number four, instantly obey the voice of your spirit. Now, if you've read some of Dad Hagen's books, you'll, you'll know that's, that's a series he teaches or a message, I guess, how to train the human spirit. He actually had a board member uh, out in California that uh, had his own, okay, Brother Hagen was born in 1917, I think it was. So he, this guy bought his own reel-to-reel tape recorder like this, you know, went before you could really get him. And he recorded a meeting he was in with, with Dad Hagen. And uh, then he would listen to it like every night, every morning, day after day, day after day, month after month. I think it was for a couple months until he said he so developed his spirit um, and he was an investor. So what he would do is he would get into his prayer closet uh, and when someone said, hey, you know, you should invest in this. Here, here's a great thing. And he said, my head would be like, because I was an investor, my head would be like, yeah, go for it, go for it. He said, I get in prayer. He said, never, never longer than uh, three days was he there, normally just within a couple hours. He'd go into his closet. He had a, a large closet, an actual closet, and pray. And he said, I would get like, don't do it. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. So I wouldn't do it. And the thing I was going to invest in, it just failed big. And he said, then I'd have this thing that my investor told me and my head told me, oh, you, you got to get in on this. You got to get on the ground floor of this. And he said, uh, um, or excuse me, if you get in on this, you'll lose your shirt. And so, but he said, I had that unction on the inside. Yeah, go ahead and do this. So he turned, I think in the course of about uh, uh, five or six years, he turned uh, $50 into $30 million. You know, it's kind of a misnomer to say he turned it. He listened to the Lord. He followed the leading of the Lord. Uh, in fact, one day, there was a piece of land that he wanted to buy, and um, he had offered money on the land and offered the money, and the farmer would not sell it, and the farmer wouldn't sell it. And he w- got up that morning and was meditating, and the Lord said to him, um, go tell that man, I've come to buy your land. You've been saying, can I buy your land? How much, you, how much can I buy your land for? You need to go in faith. Go and say, I've come to buy the land. So the guy went and he said, uh, he showed up at the farmer's door and he said, well, I've come to buy your land. And he said, well, I guess you want to offer me what you offered me before. And he said, well, yeah. And, he, and the farmer said, well, I just had somebody offer me more than that yesterday. He said, I've come to buy the land and this is what I'm offering. He said, well, I can't explain it, but someone on the inside tells me to sell it to you for that price. So he got it and uh, for just about a million dollars, he bought that. And um, uh, this is as he had developed. And then um, he sold half of it to a de- uh, developer for the price that he paid for it. And he still had half of it left and developed it. And over the course of you know, that period of time, he, he turned that into $30 million. So it can pay financially to be led by the Spirit of God. At any rate, you want to meditate in God's word, be a doer of the word, give the word first place, and instantly obey the voice of your spirit. Well, where I want to go today is... You know, uh, I've heard that for years and have endeavored to do that and have developed spiritually and still developing spiritually and still growing spiritually. 
But it's real easy to look at all of that and say, like, okay, I'm going to instantly obey the voice of my spirit, but neglect the first three. You actually have to do it in that order. Like, is your, is your conscience a safe guide? Is your spirit a safe guide? Well, if your, mind, your spirit, you could call the voice of your conscience your spirit. If you're born again, then that's the new creation person. But where it comes down is the only way to separate soul and spirit is with the word of God. So if you are not renewing your mind, if you don't practice the word of God, in other words, don't be a forgetful hearer, like James said, deceiving yourself, but be a doer of the word, and you're giving the word first place in your life, uh, if you're doing that, then you can instantly obey the voice of the spirit because then your spirit's going to be isolated. But if you're not doing that and you're just like, okay, well, yeah, yeah, I, I think about the word sometimes and yeah, yeah, I do the word as much as I know how and, you know, I try to give it first place. And then you're kind of like instantly obeying the voice of the spirit. You may be uh, instantly obeying uh, the voice of your mind and confusing it with your spirit. Or you may be uh, the devil's talking to you and you kind of misplace. Have you ever had a situation where you're like, I don't know if this is God speaking to me or me or, you know, the devil? You can get confused. And um, that's why Jesus, I believe, said, if you live in me or abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you want and it'll be done for you. Um, we have to constantly keep our focus on the Lord. Uh, you can get born again and you can see Christians, Christians sometimes can be some of the most selfish people that you will ever meet because I think you get the reality in your head, not your, not your heart so much, but you get the reality in your head and you have a witness in your heart that like at least... Uh, your eternity is golden, literally, like streets of gold. You're doing pretty good. And you, you feel like, well, like, and if people knew what I knew, they would have like a better life. So they should look, you know, to me. But we really look to Christ yes. and we want to magnify Christ. And so it's really easy to like, um, uh, what did Paul tell the Galatians? You know, like you've slipped from where you first came in. You know, you came in by faith. You said, it's not of me. You know, it's the grace of God, the gift of God, and I just received that. But now what you started to do is you started to do it yourself. You started to work for it. You started to say like, well, you know, because I have read the Bible this much or because I have meditated this much or because I have prayed this much, then I'm expecting you to do this. No, it's because of the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the life of God, because of who God is uh, that really we're, we're, we can even exist. And the fact that God uh, is, is true is uh, evidence in the fact that the world does not disintegrate. Because there's actually, uh, in the word it tells us, that even the world is held together by his very words. And if he ever lied, you'll know if he lies, because uh, we'll all disintegrate. <laughs> so uh, we know that he has not lied. So uh, we want to meditate in the word of God. So that just simply means talk about it, think about it, muse it, meditate it. Roll it over in your mind. Roll it over um, in your thoughts. I've said before, and I'll say again, one of the best ways to uh, actually study the word is you look and you see what something is and you see what it's not. So um, 
you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I got this bill that's coming. How am I going to pay it? What's going what's to happen with it? How's this going to happen? And um, man, I don't know. Am I going to have to sell something? Maybe I'll have to get another job. And well, okay, if I get another job, like what time would I have? Well, okay, right now my job, I work these hours, so I, maybe I could do it on the weekends, or maybe I could do this. But, so I'm meditating on that uh, thing where I need the more money. I'm just reverse meditating, right? I mean, that's maybe not reverse meditating. It's just meditating in a negative way, a non-word-centered way. And um, I think one of the best ways to actually meditate is to take the Word of God and use it in your everyday life. Now, you don't really want to go to your place of business and say, well, you know, the Bible says that, uh, you know, you are the righteous of God in Christ if you're born again. You want to live the word of God in your everyday life and speak it in everyday language. So you, if you find, if you want to try this, it's, it's wonderful. People will give you great opportunities because they'll say like, you can go, I'm thinking of one, one place in the country I've gone. And every time you go, the first thing people say, how are you doing? Well, I just had a hip replacement and you know, this happened and everything like that. And you know, yeah, aunt Ethel just fell and broke her foot, you know, and that's actually the greeting. Like the greeting is what sickness or what physical problem or whatever is going on and everything like that. And then you get beyond that. Um, But, you know, uh, you can say, well, you know, it depends if they're Christian or not, of course, how you interact with them. But, you know, you know, I'm 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 very blessed. Like, you know, my body's healthy. Things are going well, you know, and anytime something comes against me, man, the Lord's always right there. He healed me. I just I just grab hold of him. You know, and um, I like um, I like how Pastor Mark says it. Somebody said, like, I ask you, how are you feeling? And he says, I'm feeling the same way that Jesus was feeling when he overcame this feeling. <laughs> God, I'll say it again. So I'm feeling the same way that Jesus was feeling when he overcame this feeling. Because Jesus overcame every feeling, every sickness, every disease, every attack of the enemy, every area that we would ever face, he overcame it. And so actually what you're feeling, he felt. So it's because sometimes, you, you, you know, you want to like, I, I mean, I, if I go to the doctor or, or something like that, I, I don't have a trouble telling the doctor, like, I will actually say, I feel this. I don't have any trouble saying that. But then under my breath or when I leave him, I'm not, but I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved by what I believe. But I want him to know exactly what I feel. (laughs) I want him to know exactly what's going on because that's how he does his job. He's not doing his job unless it's like a, a faith doctor or something like that. He's not doing his job in the supernatural. He's doing his job in the natural. And so uh, if you take that away from him, you just took a tool away from him. And, uh, you know, if you need to go to the doctor, you should go to the doctor. When I've needed to go to the doctor, I go to the doctor. Um, uh, but it's wonderful. You can believe God and not go to the doctor. But you can believe God and go to the doctor. So uh, we want faith to be a formula. Uh, here's the five steps. You do this. This is the way it is. It's all done. Um, but uh, faith is faith. That means you're relying on God, not yourself. So if, if God could just give you this like formula and here's the formula for healing and you just take that formula and, you know, do that and it's done, uh, I don't guess you'd be acting in faith because you're, you're just relying upon God. I mean, the reality is that Jesus healed us over 2,000 years ago. 
But there's so many methods to receive healing that you have to follow the Spirit of God which way He's leading you. He may lead you to the doctor sometime. You know what? Uh, God knows more than you know, and God knows more than what I know. He knows uh, where I'm at in my faith at any point in time. And for me, I'm disappointed if I haven't grown in faith more this week than I did last week, more this year than I did last year, more this decade than I did the last decade. But I realize, like, I'm not the allness of the muchness. That's God. In other words, I have not arrived, and I will not arrive. You know, when I get to heaven, I'll know even as I'm known. But even then, uh, I'll, I'll need to learn. I'll need to grow. There, there'll, be, there'll be things that I'll need to learn. I won't be sinning, but... So that should make things a lot easier. You won't have the flesh to contend with. But um, I'm not God and you're not God. And so all of us need to rely upon God uh, for every part of our lives and every area of our lives. So you meditate in the word, talk about it, incorporate it into your daily lives, especially with your husband, wife, friends, those that are close to you. Help each other talk the word. I remember I was um, considering um, praying about uh, pastoring a church down in Louisiana. And um, I talked to Pastor Mark about it as one of his churches, and um, uh, we were discussing it. And I just made it, it was even just a small little comment. Uh, I just said, uh, well, it's, the South is really hot, you know? And he said, he did not hesitate. He said, he looked me straight in the eye. Who should I look straight in the eye? I don't know, Jody. He said, <laughs> I never make a decision based on uh, the surrounding nature, the environment, money, lack of money, I'm led by the Spirit of God. And I was like, okay, I'm rebuked. <laughs> I, just make, I was like, I wanted to say, I was just making a little comment. And we're good friends too, so he's, you know, uh, he can be that way with me and stuff. And so, um, but it taught me something. You know, he wasn't saying that just for me. So you actually minister to people and you're speaking even on your own behalf. So you can say like people making decisions all the time. I don't care if they're decisions for ministry or not. I don't have a corner on being led by the Spirit of God in a different way than what you do. I have a ministry and I have an anointing for that ministry. Um, uh, so I have a supply for things in your life and the life of our church. But in my own personal life, following the Lord to move out here or to pastor that church or whatever, I still have to follow the inward witness. Unless the Lord gives me something spectacular, and then I'm kind of nervous about that. <laughs> um, but uh, you can do the same thing with people. You encounter people all the time. I don't know what I should do. Should I move here? Should I do this? Should I take this job? Should I not do this job? You can say, you know what? You know, because this is a great area, and it seems like finances and stuff like that are really good. And if they're, if they're a believer, you can say, you know what? But you know, like, the most important thing is, do you have peace about it on the inside? Do you feel right about this or do you not? I mean, I've, I've watched people, I lived in Georgia for a while, and I watched some people move across the country, had never visited a church, never found a church. They had young kids because they had a good paying job that they were offered. That was the sole reason. Well, yeah, we'll find that. Like that was secondary. And, um, you know, that's a real dangerous way to live uh, because you're not guaranteed that you'll have a good church, you'll find a good church, you know, and um, especially when you have, uh, I think, your children, other people that you're responsible for, you know, uh, you want to have the Word of God being fed into your children, into your family on a regular basis at a good church where you're supposed to be. I believe God uh, 
calls people and ordains people to be part of specific uh, assemblies, specific groups of people. And um, there's meat in that house. There's words from that pastor uh, that the Lord gave that pastor and gives that pastor for those that are part of that church. So it's very, very important. So you want to talk about the word, meditate it, think about it, work it into your daily life so that when you're doing it with yourself, it takes a little work. It's not actually that difficult, but you have to be conscious and think about it. So, you know, and if you start to listen to your own words, um, you could take and record yourself, you know, for a day. And then if you have time, go back through and listen to what you say. And then you might be like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Who is that man? (laughs) What is he saying? Uh, But that'd probably be one of the uh, biggest ways that you would possibly grow. Uh, Brother Hagin always taught us, he said, you know, you locate people by what they say. And you do, and I've used that for ministry for a long time. If you want to minister to somebody, you just have them talk. And you'll be able to locate them. But even bring it home closer, uh, just listen to yourself. And that's why sometimes, actually, uh, you, want, you, were like, you want to talk to a close friend. And you know the Bible says, in the multitude of counselors is wisdom. Uh, but you talk to a close friend or someone that you respect that has wisdom. And as you're talking to them, you're like, you know, I don't really know why I'm even talking to you because I know what to do. Because you actually hear yourself. You locate yourself. Or you'll be talking to them, and, you're, and I've, been, I've been doing it, and you're, you're kind of thinking, ooh, I'm totally not in faith about that. I'm not trusting God in that area. And I located myself right there. So it's amazing how um, the Bible works, <laughs> and the Bible's true. And uh, you, we can all be so blessed uh, through the Word of God. So we want to meditate in the Word of God. You know, uh, you get the Bible in your situation, and it gives you a whole new way to look at problems. Otherwise, you're just going to look at problems the same way that 90% of other people look at problems. Uh, You know, like, in other words, this is how much money this is going to cost, but I really want it or I need it. We need to have this, so I'm going to have to get the job. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do that. the Lord will multiply your seed. The Lord will take care of you. The Lord will in, in, uh, see that you have what you need. But again, just like with healing, you want to be led by the Spirit of God and do it His way. Because there's some things that you can get and you can do it your way. Uh, and I have done it my way. Man, it's a lot more work. Uh, and then there's not as much peace. You're not at, at ease as much. But you can make it happen. You can make a lot of things happen. But, you know, like I've said so many times, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So God's not going to design a plan for your life or my life that doesn't require faith. And if you're letting yourself live out of the flesh, uh, you're not going to want to walk in faith because it's not comfortable on your flesh. But if you live out of the spirit man that you are, uh, man, there's such a blessing, such a uh, peace, such a joy that actually uh, comes upon you that goes beyond any satisfaction or gratification of the flesh. Uh, I heard this quote yesterday, and I thought uh, I'd, I'd repeat it because it was so good, and uh, the person I heard speak it, they didn't uh, attribute it to anybody, so somebody said this. The devil cannot take your marriage or your ministry um, because he doesn't have the authority. But if he can take your joy, you'll give him your marriage or your ministry. So, you know, we learn in the Word of God, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you don't stay full of joy, connected to the Lord, praising the Lord, uh, things that the devil has no right to have, 
he'll take from you because you'll give it to him. You'll give it up. You ever been like real frustrated and, um, uh, with your spouse <laughs> and just been like, oh man, what did I do marrying this person, you know? And uh, at that point, you're probably worse than them and they're probably thinking the same thing about you, you know? Um, but you realize if you stay in that, if you don't latch hold of, you know what, this is my commitment. I mean, I, I, I've told my wife before, she's so gracious to me, she's so patient with me, but I said, I'm so glad I love the Lord. Because the love of God does like hold you back and constrain you. Because I would just be like, listen, I'm just not going to forgive you. Like, I don't know why you act like that. I don't know why you're doing that. She's a wonderful wife, you know. Uh, uh, this is supposed to be, I'm telling my fault, not hers. <laughs> and, uh, but man, you know, there's a scripture in James that actually says like, if you are not in good relationship with your wife, the Lord will not hear your prayers. So then you get upset at your wife, and then you're like, I don't want to talk to her right now. I'm going to go pray. So you go pray, and the Lord's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't really want to, like, ask forgiveness right now. Is, like, this really the best time? I'm not going to talk to you unless you ask forgiveness. <sighs> okay. <laughs> you know, so that's putting my flesh under. And, uh, you know, because I guess it feels good on your flesh to be upset at the other person. You know, they say, like, that's kind of like... Uh, Drinking poison yourself and expecting the other person to die. Yeah. Yeah. Really? You know, walking in unforgiveness? <laughs> and, um, but in the moment, you know, your flesh is like, oh, this is great. This is great. But your heart is screaming like, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. So um, I'm thankful for a very patient wife and, um, and family. And I do my best to not ever uh, do that or get to that point. But I'll just be, I'm a very open person. And um, so even when I dated her, I said, now listen, you know, I'm very open and uh, I'm very straightforward. <laughs> so uh, I would just explain to her, you know, this. So that's why I say like, you know, I'd really like to be mad at you right now. And if the Bible, if I didn't know the Bible, I would be mad at you right now. <laughs> but I love the Lord too much. <laughs> and I love you too much, even though I'm upset at you right now. And, uh, but she's wonderful. She's really, you know, hard to get upset at and... Uh, She's, she's amazing. <laughs> so uh, the word will give you new ways to look at problems, even that problem. You know, because you want to look at the problem and be like, okay, well, I'm going to fix this. I'm, I'm going to like shut down on you and we're not going to have a conversation. And, you know, um, that's really very immature. Yeah. Like to just give the silent treatment, like I'm not going to talk to you. And then like, I'm going to pretend like it's your fault and it, it's all you. Um, you know, love doesn't do that. Love doesn't give the silent treatment. Love always believes the best. Love is, uh, you know, ready to think the best and do the best. And, um, you know, you surround someone in faith and love. That means that you are not pretending. You're not just thinking. But from the bottom of your heart, you're saying, you know what? No matter what you do, I don't care how bad you are. I don't care what you do to me. I don't care if you spit in my face. I'm still going to heart love you. Like, not flesh love you. Flesh love is just what's in it for me. But heart love is, what can I do for you? How can I sacrifice for you? What can I give up to help you? And so when you want to have influence in someone's life and you surround them in faith and love, I mean, think of yourself. Think of the people that have changed your life or made you a step up higher. Are they not people that are like, you can do it. You can totally do this. You're going to make it. You're going to do it. I know you're going to do the right thing. And how much love is there in that in the midst of when you're doing something wrong. 
I remember at 17 years old, Pastor Mark uh, got thrown in jail. And uh, they had, uh, I think they broke into a beach house and they stole somebody's car and uh, anyhow, did a lot of stuff they shouldn't have done. And um, his dad was a pastor. And so that was on um, Wednesday. They did this on a Wednesday. They skipped school and went and did this. And um, so uh, his dad got a call when he was in jail and said, or his mom got a call and said, well, prop up your feet and stay a while. It's Wednesday service. You know, so they left him in jail till after church. And after church, his dad and three deacons came to get him out of jail. And so they're riding in the elevator <laughs> out of the jail, you know, up the elevator uh, to get out. And um, two deacons are just staring him down like, look what you're doing. What kind of kid are you? You know, da, da, da. One of the guys put his hand on his shoulder and said, Mark, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Which one do you think? lifted him. Which one do you think helped him? That guy. Then his parents sent him over uh, to Africa with Ralph Hagemeyer (laughs) 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 to help him grow a little bit, which was really good for him. And, um, uh, but it's amazing the influence that you can have. But you know, it's real easy to find yourself wanting to be the one that's like staring daggers into someone if you're walking in the flesh. It's going to be like, you know, what are you doing to our church? Don't you know, like, we're going to, we'll be on the news, you know, and uh, all that type of stuff. Uh, But how much more is it to be Jesus in that person's life and to say, you know what? It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And um, that's what the Lord really has called all of us to do. So as you meditate in the word, you gradually begin to think the way that God thinks. You begin to think God's thoughts after him. The Bible are God's thoughts. And, um, you know, I pray to God that we would get a revelation of that. Because it's so easy to look like, oh, this is a book. It's an amazing book written by really wise men. It is God speaking to us. We know that in our head, but as that dawns on our heart, you can't really put it down. And so when you talk about the next one, which is uh, to put the word of God first place in your life, it is like, you know, you've got lots of things to do. Uh, Most people have a pretty busy life in America. And so you've got lots of things going on. And sometimes through a family event, you have a lot more going on. (laughs) So, uh, or you're planting a church and you're working another job or you're doing all this, you know, everybody has their own situations. There's, There's lots of things going on. But the key is to put the word of God first. The Lord told me before I even came out here, I'm a researcher, I, like to, I love to research, and um, uh, to plant the church, I was uh, talking, praying, talking to him about how to do this because it's a brand new thing for me. And the Lord told me a very specific key. He said, I don't really care how much research you do as long as you pray first. You put that first. You seek me first. Because, you know, you're not just going to pray and then everything's just going to happen. People are going to show up. The signs are going to show up. The internet side will go up and everything like that. You're going to work your tail off uh, no matter what you're going to do. But the key is to put God first. So we want to put his word first. You'd put Jesus, if Jesus was here in the flesh, you'd put him first, right? Well, Jesus is God's word in flesh. 
So we want to put the Word of God first in our lives, in every part of our lives. So no matter what the pressure is coming, you put the Word of God first. And I, and I didn't get a chance to look it up, and maybe somebody uh, could tell me after service, but there was uh, one of our generals actually said, the busier that I get, the more time I spend in the Word and prayer. The busier my schedule is, the more important it is. And I have found um, by doing that, that even though you have like the busiest schedule packed, somehow you're always in the right place at the right time and things flow together and things go good. And when you don't do it, um, it's like, you know, you know, you're not running on all cylinders. You're kind of getting there, but this is happening and that's happening. And then, then you get more frustrated. And then like for me, then I'm frustrated. And I'm like, oh, why did I not do this God's way? And like, you know, uh, but we all have those times of pressure. And so the Lord knows more about you than you know about you. And he knows more about your schedule and what's going to happen than what you do. And he understands um, uh, the difference between being lazy and being busy. You know, so the Lord understands when you don't have uh, as much time because of given situations. He just wants you to put him first. Uh, Seek the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you, will be added to you. So you want to, then you want to be a doer of the word. Because if you just listen but never do it, you miss the whole thing. Like, I, I would wonder if you're really a Christian if you're not doing anything that the Bible says a Christian would do or should do. Uh, Christianity is not about thinking. Christianity is not about meditating. Christianity is about living, and it's about someone living inside of you, and it's about letting the one that's living inside of you live through you. In other words, you've got God's life. You've got God's nature. God speaks to you. God speaks to me, um, but you have to honor him, and the way we honor him is we let him uh, dictate what we're going to do. You know, the Holy Spirit's a perfect gentleman. He'll never force you to do anything. So it's just promptings and uh, suggestions and um, nudges, the way the Lord, primary way that the way that the Lord leads. And so as you uh, honor those, in other words, you're saying, wait, 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 hold on. I'm not comfortable with this. Just, just give me a second. You know, and you pray, ask the Lord, okay, yeah, let's go ahead, let's do, let's, let's do it this way, let's go this way, let's do this, let's do that. I mean, countless challenges I've had in my workplace, uh, things I didn't know how to do, I've done that, and the Lord just shows up. I mean, I don't hear an audible voice, but I'll just be uh, praying, and um, sometimes I'll just pray in the, in the Spirit in other tongues, and like within 60 seconds, oh, I, didn't, I never even thought to do it that way, and that was the way that worked. So uh, the Bible is very practical, and the life of God is, is very um, practical. It's a practical way to live. So what are, we, what are you tuned into? You can be tuned into, like, the stock market. You can be tuned into your children. You can be tuned into your bills. You can be tuned into news. You can be tuned into politics. You can be, I'm not saying that because that's your job, I'm Saying like some people could just be thinking about that, you know, and, um, you know, because it's obviously a very political season. You could be tuned into the devil. You could be tuned into yourself. What, what um, you don't have to answer out loud, but just think about this for a minute. Um, when the Lord speaks to you, like what's his voice sound like? You know, when uh, your mind speaks to you, what's your voice sound like? When the devil speaks to you, what's the voice sound like? It's an interesting thought. So I can tell you, like, when the devil speaks to me or my mind or my flesh is speaking to me, it sounds like me talking. 
Like, are you some kind of idiot? Like, what were you thinking? That's like, it sounds like my voice. Like, if I think about it, it sounds like my voice. And, you know, and even the Lord's voice, uh, to, I guess in a way you could say, like, sounds like your voice. So it's, you know why? Because he, the Lord speaks through your spirit. The devil speaks to your mind and your flesh. So you have like three voices that you're listening to. You can have a supernatural voice from the devil, supernatural voice from the Lord. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the primary way that you get input. And so if, if uh, your mind's not renewed and you're not putting the word in practice and you're not giving the word first place, then you're liable to listen to like, a reasoning that comes to you. You're liable to listen to like a hunger from your flesh uh, that comes to you. And you're liable to listen to something that the devil spoke to your mind that you're like, your flesh really was happy to agree with. You know, like, oh, you know, you should really have that. Or people should really think like you're amazing and like they should realize how much wisdom you have and how amazing, you know, how wonderful you are. And, you know, uh, that's obviously not from God. <laughs> So when you have the word of God, we take the word of God and anything that God speaks is always going to be in line with the word of God. But uh, where we want to pay extra close attention is uh, we want to stay humble and in the word because then we won't be led astray. Because it's real easy to take and, um, you know, you can, depending on your personality, you can figure things out about people just by watching them, by their actions and everything like that, natural, naturally. You can just figure stuff out, like, oh, okay, this is that, and they're this, or they're that, and you can judge people that way. The Bible says not to do that. Don't judge people that way um, by how they look, you know, give the people that look good the front, the, the front seats. Well, in church now, maybe it'd be, maybe you do the opposite, because some people don't like to sit in the front. And... Um, it's real, it's real easy to do that, but you want to actually stay tied into the Word of God, um, and you want to see yourself and see people in Christ, and listen to the voice of the Lord, because, you know, you're trying to figure all this stuff out and make all this stuff work and put it all together, and um, you may find that you're, you're just using natural wisdom. Have you ever heard somebody like... Uh, prophesy out of their mind like they speak for God out of their mind and um, it's uh, first of all there's no blessing that goes out in it when someone prophesies by the spirit of God there's actually a blessing it lifts the service up makes the service better but when they do it mentally they can get off and say a lot of a lot of far out things that are not biblical whatsoever and you're thinking my goodness I didn't understand when we travel with dad Hagen the scripture one of the scriptures that came alive to me was despise not prophesying that's because when you travel with somebody that's internationally known like that, you have a lot of people that come up to the table and they have a word for you. Uh, but the word is not really from the Lord, unfortunately, most of the time. And so you find yourself like, I don't want to have, no, I don't want anybody, <laughs> nobody come up and give me another word. <laughs> uh, but the Lord, you know, um, what do you call it, arrested me and said, you know, the spy's not prophesying. And um, so uh, most people, well-meaning, want to be used of God, and they're just uh, don't understand and not, not acquainted with spiritual things like they should be. But it's real, it's, it's, it's very, very important to develop uh, your listening ear to the voice of the Lord so that you are responding to Him and not to yourself and not to what other people want you to do, and definitely not to what the devil wants you to do. 
Because uh, the devil does not like have a pitchfork and like horns and he's red. He actually is dressed up like an angel of light. What does that mean? Well, that means like in any given situation that you're going through, if you're experiencing an attack of the devil, one of the ways that he will attack you is, well, this sounds good. This sounds like maybe it's God. And the devil, what did he do with Jesus? He used scriptures out of context, but he used scriptures. So just because someone is telling you things or using scriptures with you, if it doesn't bear witness with your spirit, um, don't go with it. Because the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Children of God should expect to be led by the spirit of God. That means you are led by the spirit of God. So when you have that, I don't know, I'm just uneasy about this. Don't override that. I remember a place of business where I was and this guy was surrounded by people that were basically always responding out of uh, mental reasoning. And, uh, but he was a spirit-filled believer. And um, uh, so he would say, I don't know. I just feel like we, we, I can't put my finger on it, but I just feel like we shouldn't do this. And then I would watch a group of people like talk to the guy and convince him to go against what he had on his spirit, in his spirit. Because they're all just responding from the way that uh, people that are uneducated and really not born again would respond. Or maybe born again and just don't know. I, I was born again for a long time and I didn't understand the, the, a lot of things. And um, so you realize that uh, walking in faith is simply acting like the Bible's true. So Jesus actually said that uh, you know the Spirit of God. And then, you know, we learn uh, sons and daughters of God can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. That means when you pray, when you are making decisions, when you're going different places, sometimes you don't even have to pray because you just know on the inside. Uh, don't do that. Yep, do that. Like, you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, God will speak to you that way. And I pretty much guarantee if you're a Christian, he is speaking to you that way. Uh, if you're not hearing him, you've got too much clutter drowning him out. You've got too many other things going on. One of the best things to do in that situation is take and do Philippians 4, 6, which is you take all of your worries, everything that's on your mind, everything that's going on and say, okay, Lord, I'm taking all this stuff. I can't do this. And I'm giving it to you. And then the peace of God, which passes your mind, uh, floods your heart and your mind. So then you can actually hear from God. And the countless times, I mean, the, the most common prayer request I had when I was at the church in Michigan, we'd, we'd have prayer during the worship time. People come forward. It's a very large church, so that was the best way to do it there. And um, the most common prayer request, people wanted me to pray basically that they uh, wouldn't be worried anymore. And every time in some form or fashion, I would tell them, no, I cannot do that. I can't give your worries to the Lord for you. You have to do it. I'll help you. I'll pray for you afterwards. But I'm not going to, I can't do it for you. So you're going to have to give this up. And I mean, people, it shows you how flesh-ruled we can be sometimes. I remember one lady, she's there, and she's like, I said, you know, you're going to have to take this, and you're going to have to give it to the Lord. I'll help you, but you have to do it. She's like, oh, I kind of don't want to quit worrying about it. I'm like, well, do you want to keep experiencing what you're experiencing? No, but I mean, what if, what's going to happen if I'm not worried about it? You know, like, is it going to get taken care of? And I said, well, if you're going to give it to the Lord, you know, otherwise you're just going to stick with it. And you know, we laugh and chuckle, but how many times in situations do you just kind of want to like gratify the flesh for another minute? <laughs> you know, like, okay. Like I said last week, you know, as soon as Christmas is over, then I'll start my diet. 
right? Because, you know, I got these big meals coming up and, and all this stuff. So as soon as I tell one more person off, then I will stop doing that. Because, <laughs> you know, most other people I wouldn't. But this one person, I don't know, it probably would help them, you know. So it's, it's amazing how we can justify it. But you can expect the Lord is speaking to you. The Lord has a word for you. The Lord has direction for you. Romans, we'll end with this. Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, verses uh, 1 and 2. Um, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, or NIV says, which is your spiritual act of worship. So you're bringing your body. You're like, I'm not going to live by the flesh. I'm giving you this body to do your work, to do for you. And verse 2, be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So as we do that, we'll know the will of God. I mean, probably number one question for people is what's God's will for me? You will find out God's will by fellowship being with him in his word. And, uh, you know, don't be weary and well-doing for in due season you'll reap. If you'll stand with me, please, we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for an opportunity to uh, hear from you, from your word. Father, I thank you that you're speaking to hearts even now, that you're speaking to each and every one of us, Father, that you have so much to talk over with us, that you have so much that you want to tell us, so much that you want us to see. And Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you'll give each one of us, each one that's listening to this message, Father a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing you and knowing you personally and intimately and fellowshipping with you and talking with you and having you be our, our most uh, close confidant, our best friend, Father, and you being the one that we trust in, you being the one that we um, gather and garner our strength from, Father. From you, Father, we thank you that you live on the inside and that you are greater than any thought, than any force, than any person, than any anything else in this world, and that you live on the inside of us, that you're making us alive right now, that you're affecting our bodies, that you're affecting our minds, that you're affecting our futures, that you're affecting our relationships, and you're affecting our families. And so because of that, Father, we just declare we come by the blood of Jesus, and we thank you for all that the blood is accomplishing for us right now, all that the blood has accomplished, and that the blood will never lose its power, and that the blood is speaking eternally on our behalf in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.